Hi, I'm Julia Lubin. I'm a model turned makeup artist and writer. I'm also the host of this podcast, the MUA Chronicle Podcast. Join me here every Tuesday as I pull back the curtain on the latest in beauty, fashion, and pop culture. I'm here to demystify the hype and give it to you real. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the MUA Chronicle podcast. I am so happy you're here. I've taken a little bit of a break from binging the second season of Selling Sunset to be able to record this. But in reality, um, this episode will be going up a little bit later in the week, probably Wednesday instead of Tuesday, because I just have been... I don't know if it's stress. I don't know if it's what's going on. I've had such bad, like tension behind my eyes, like a headache, might be allergies, might be a migraine, but it is also hot, hot, hot in California. We've had mid to high 90 degree weather, Fahrenheit. So here we are. Um, I'm recording this pod. I will edit it, probably not even edit it, push it to be where you read it. No, where you listen to it. That's where it is. I can't even think straight, you guys. You know what? Let's just jump into what the hype this week. Beauty news, beauty business news, fashion, everything's being shaken up. Is it due to COVID or is it just in general? And then in later in the episode, I talk about giving you some tips around with the heat going up, with us getting more sweaty, with potentially more humidity where you are, and us having to wear these masks. Um, Or, I mean, we don't have to, but we do it out of respect for each other, I would hope. There, the skin is, is, there's a lot going on. So I want to talk about that, give you some tips on how to best keep your skin happy, clear, clean, and just, you know, serving you, not you serving it. And then I'm going to list some really great resources in terms of masks, right? So if you want to make your own, if you want to buy some, I have been doing a lot of research just in terms of the tutorials of making my own. And I've made a few that I've sent to family, and I'm really excited about that. Um, If you want me to make a mask for you, reach out, DM me, email me. I'm more than happy to do that, Um, and we can chat more about that. But Without further ado, let's jump right into what the hype. I'm so sweaty. What the hell? So last week, if you listened to last week's episode, I was pondering the future of beauty testers, what that'll look like, because the current situation when it comes to testing beauty products is a hot, gross, germ-ridden mess. I'm not going to romanticize it. Um, So... Essentially, the way that the process works is places are sent, you know, retail locations, department stores, Sephora, whatever. Places are sent special versions of their products, so they're specifically not meant for sale. Uh, They are specifically meant to be used as testers. They're kind of like almost throwaway products. Um, They don't hold any retail value, but they are. There is a certain amount that is budgeted for these testers. And so essentially, they're sent out to all these locations and then the staff, the employees, the associates, the, you know, what are they called at Sephora? Like crew members, cast members, characters. I don't know. Essentially they put them out 
at the counter and then people are, customers are able to test the product. And what that means is they're able to use, they should be using hygienic swabs and applicators and sponges to put the products onto themselves. Oftentimes people are not doing this, whether it's just an unawareness about, you know, the hygienics of it, whether it's someone that, you know, we in San Francisco dealt a lot with the people that were coming in either under the influence of something or maybe with some mental instabilities that just were not, um, open, not amenable to us really helping them use testers in the right way. So either way, whatever the reason is, a lot of the the testers are unhygienic. You know, people are putting them directly on their mouths, so directly on their eyes, you know? I mean, like, if you think of a lipstick tester and a makeup counter, that is herpes central, which is gross to say. I know you're probably not coming out to this podcast to be like, okay, let's talk about herpes, but that's the reality. Like, so many people have cold sores, and what if you went to go try use a tester at a makeup counter. And even if you were hygienic, that lipstick itself has, you know, the virus in there because someone else that has the virus used the lipstick and then it is basically living that germ colony is living in the lipstick. Like it's not a great vibe. So anyway, I feel like I've gone off on a really gross tangent, but one of the things that I mentioned, um, in terms of what alternatives could be our virtual try-ons. So this is something that I have already seen, you know, at Sephora, they have a little tablet and you can kind of try on stuff. If you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, where I go into depth in, in this alternative, and then also the other options, why don't you hit pause right now, go check it out. Episode 20. I will wait. Hi, are you back? Okay. The virtual try-on consoles are essentially only available in stores, right? And I don't know many stores that are doing it other than Sephora because they've kind of pioneered their own technology, but that's all about to change, especially with, you know, us really not going into stores anymore uh, for the foreseeable future and us also really just shopping more online, right? So WeChat rolled out some partnerships to let their users virtually try on a variety of products that they can then buy online. So if you're not familiar, WeChat is a messaging and social media platform. It is huge, huge, huge in China and maybe even just across Asia. So when I worked on a beauty counter, I worked for a long comb. We would get tourists from China all the time. They would come and they would flash their WeChat and they would either be, you know, a photo of some celebrity or some influencer or just like a promo pic of, you know, the long comb lipstick shade that was trending for that time. And these tourists would essentially come flash their WeChat and be like, I want this. Can you, can you show me, like, do you have it? I want to buy it. Some of these people would try it on, not like how it looked on them, but still buy it because like the, the, the mentality of this is on the internet, this is popular is so strong that people feel like they need to be a part of that voice. Some people wouldn't even try it. They would just be like, I'll take three. You know what I mean? And so This is a really, really huge platform and has mega sway when it comes to influencing the beauty trends. So earlier this month, WeChat rolled out three mini programs in partnership with AI company Perfect Corp. These programs include virtual makeup try-on, AI skin diagnostic, and AI smart shade 
finder. So basically, you can triage any of your skin concerns that you have and get a routine of skincare that can help you get the most perfect base skin that you could ever want. And then, so you have this amazing skin. You might not even want to put makeup on it, but if you do, you can then use the AI Smart Shade Finder to match your foundation, match your concealer to your skin tone, give you the best match in all these different brands. Cause you know, all the brands have different ways of like labeling all their shades and there's yellow and there's red and there's this and there's that. And foundation matching is sometimes one of the most difficult things for, for people, especially people that are not professionals in the industry. And even people who are professionals in the industry, sometimes matching is really tough because Honestly, those brands that are out there that have 40 shades, 50 shades of foundation, it's still not enough, you guys. It's not enough. We are much more unique snowflakes than that. Sorry to say, but also like make more colors. Um, so essentially this foundation matching is a huge, huge, huge thing. And if you can take it where the customer doesn't have to come in, interact with someone, get matched, deal with the sales pitch. They can ultimately just find their match in all of these different brands, shop the brand they like, and just feel much more comfortable and convenient for themselves. I mean, that sucks for retail associates, but that's really awesome for the person that's doing the shopping, right? The customer ultimately. And then after all is said and done, then you can use the third um, program in the app called Virtual Makeup Try-On. And this is exactly what it sounds like. You get to try on color cosmetics across all different brands and all different shades to see like which red lipstick do you want? Which eyeliner do you like? What blush looks good? So essentially you can try all this on without trying it on, see how it looks and then shop it directly in the app, which is huge because it just streamlines the whole experience. Now, the only thing about it is sometimes it still is really great to be able to see the product firsthand, right? So you're able to see how it, what the texture is like and what the scent is like, especially for folks that are very allergic to scent or sensitive to scent. They may need to to check that out first. And so this isn't a foolproof, like perfect situation, but this is really great innovation that's happening at a time that we need it. But also I think this is something that's going to ripple out and change how we think about beauty, how we talk about beauty, how we as makeup artists interact with our clients, right? Like if you could think of the fact that I could do a virtual match and do a whole look with a client and then basically say like, this is the look that I'm thinking for you. They are able to try it on in the zoom or the Skype or the chat or whatever. And then you can do these notes. I mean, obviously won't take away from like the tactile experience of actually seeing how it lays on the skin and how it interacts in different kinds of light, et cetera, et cetera. It's not foolproof, but this could really innovate the reach of the beauty community so that it really is a global, global community that is much more tactile than it was before. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I've had a little bit of a margarita and by a margarita, I mean, I've had Casamigos tequila mixed with sparkling lemonade because this is my life now. Um, 
What else? What else? What else? Oh, so here's the other thing. So these three products launched earlier this month, like mid-May. And last week it was announced that Benefit Cosmetics jumped on the WeChat virtual bandwagon to do brow try-on. So this will ultimately let you try on different shapes and shades of brows so that you know what product to buy, what service to ask for, when and when you're going to be able to go back into like the Benefit Brow Bar, all of the locations. This is basically connecting benefit to customers that maybe don't know what they offer, don't know what the experience is like. And so the patient is basically able to say like, Hey, this is what I want. This is what I tried on. And they can go from there with the associate. I mean, all of the agoraphobes that are like really, or people with social anxiety, like, believe it or not, I host a podcast. I'm on social all the time. I'm, I will light up a party. I am an extrovert. I miss people, but I will say this. Being an extrovert does not mean that I don't have social anxiety. I have crippling, crippling social anxiety. But for some reason, because I'm also an extrovert, I feel the need that I need to go out and experience people. Anyway, if you're like me, you understand the struggle. So you get it. You get it. So this is, I mean, this is huge, right? Like I, the thing about it is WeChat is very, very big in Asia, especially in China, but there are a lot of competitors in other countries. And I'm not just seeing that I'm, I'm not seeing this kind of interface or these kind of tools coming out for other programs just yet. I mean, I'm in the United States and so I'm seeing a few things that are coming out that are like this, but nothing that's as comprehensive or as like affecting of what's popular. You know what I mean? Like Instagram, I think, I don't know, maybe TikTok. I don't know if TikTok has like monetized their influencers and sponsorships and all that. I just know there's a lot of pop locking and in the house being bored. Um, I'm biased. I'm biased about Instagram. You know, I'm already a sucker for Instagram ads and Insta shopping. So I feel like if Instagram created an interface where you'd be able to like virtually try on all of these things and then buy them directly through their platform, like I would be, I would definitely bite, you know what I mean? And even though I'm here doing what the hype and talking about the Chronicle, like basically trying my best to cut through the marketing bullshit with you guys. Cause I've been so far on the other side of it all. Like I've been a consumer. Yes, but I've also been an artist, a retail salesman in the beauty industry, a model, you know? And so I understand how the industries work, but even me, sometimes I get, I get sucked into the, the marketing bullshit of cosmetics and Instagram ads. It's late at night. It's three in the morning. You can't fall asleep. You roll over, you look at your phone. Of course, You need those safety pin earrings from an undetermined country with a five-week shipping time. Like, you just need those because they're $20 with a $20 discount. Like, hello. Anyway, again, this this episode is off the rails. Anyway, the other thing that sucks me into buying is, like, subscription boxes. What a segue. That wasn't one of my best segues, I'll say. But anyway, I want to talk to you about Birchbox. This is the, so we know Birchbox, yes? This is the um, subscription box that you can either pay monthly or annually. You get a box every month that's full of samples. These are deluxe sample sizes, so a bunch of different competitors exist. Birchbox was the first one in the game to do it. And it essentially, you pay $15 a month, 
um, or $156 a year and you get a box every month. It has about five or six sample products in it. And the samples are, I would say they're deluxe sizes. So you get a few uses out of each item. The thing about it is that these, this is like genius, right? Cause if you think about operational costs, like shipping, handling, assembling and blah, 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 like these samples, were the holy grail. Like we would, when I worked at the beauty counter, we would have to beg for samples and then we would go through them so quickly. So this is essentially like a curated sample box based on your needs, your desires, your wants, your loves, your hates is assembled, sent to your doorstep. You're able to try these products. You're then able to buy the full size of the products, right? So the way that it has been traditionally done is that you can you essentially get a box, right? And you have a few options to customize. So you can either switch your box that is personalized with samples to you for a standard curated box. Oftentimes these are influencers or celebrities or people in the industry that are putting together their favorite items into a box. Um, it's not personalized to you, but you can essentially swap for that. You can swap your box for one full size product of Birchbox is choosing. I think you can maybe forego it and then you get the, that monthly amount as a credit, or, um, you can customize one of the samples. So they give you three options and out of the three, you choose one and then they choose the other four or five, right? So they recently said they're changing the structure of their customization where they will no longer be offering only one curated box. They will be offering two. So you essentially can swap your personalized box for either a standard curated box, uh, that's, you know, products brought together with a beauty editor, influencer, whoever, or you can swap it for a curated clean green beauty box. Essentially, you know, the clean beauty trend is really, you know, gaining steam. It's, it's going faster and faster. I love the idea of clean beauty. I love the idea of green beauty. However, there's just no regulation and there's no real standard understanding of like what that means and what things are truly not great for us, what things are great for us. And like the, the whole thing is very convoluted and ultimately it's a marketing ploy, you guys. You just have to depend on the fact that these quote unquote clean beauty brands are using some sort of, like they have integrity, they're honest, and they're going to have the customer's best interests in mind. Not all companies operate that way. Sorry to tell you. So I'm a Birchbox subscriber. I, um, got that email and I was like, wait, I'm confused. So now are you getting rid of all the other options and you're only going to let me customize like swap my box out. And then I got the other email saying it was time to customize my box. All of the same options were there. It's just now you have additional options when it comes to the curated boxes, which is cool. I mean, I like, I, I like that people are given the option, but it's still somewhat personalized and still somewhat in the hands of the people that run the show. So I'm down for it. But honestly, you know, I've tried a bunch of different subscription boxes when it comes to beauty, because I think it's a great way to try products and brands that you're not familiar with. And it's, you know, a really, really great exposure. That's why I do it. I do it less to try stuff that I already know is on the market that I 
haven't tried before or like am familiar with. I don't know. I, I want you to introduce me to the stuff that's global. I want you to introduce me to the brands that are up and coming. I want you to introduce me to the newest launches. Like I want to know what's new, what's on and popping, what's going on in the industry. I want to be part of the conversation. If I get another, their real mascara mini in a box I am going to throw it out of the window because quite frankly, I don't know why I like, I don't know if benefit just has an excess of samples, but so many boxes that I've been a part of have sent this mascara and I'm like, I don't like it. It's not for me. It's not uh, like if you want a natural lash that looks realistic, great. Go for it. I think there are other competitors on the market that I like better, that I recommend better to clients, but people that love, 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 love that mascara, love it. So I get it. It's a bestseller. That's why they're sending me a sample. I have told them multiple times again when I get my little survey to review the samples that I got that I am not into it. It does, I don't enjoy it, right? So, you know, anyway, this is just me going off on this one product, but I am not into it and stop sending me repeats. If I wanted repeats, I would buy the full size, but you know, who's not disappointing me, Allure Beauty Box. And I didn't mean for this to become like war of the beauty boxes. I didn't mean to start like bashing Birchbox or anything. I love Birchbox. I think they're great. I think they're innovators in the industry. Um, But just in terms of like the the quality of products that I've been getting and the quantity of products I've been getting and the brands that I'm most excited about. I mean, Allure, Allure, Allure has been killing the game. You know Allure. They're a beauty magazine. Um, Michelle Lee is their editor in chief. She has really ushered the magazine into a new era of inclusivity and beauty. And it's really great. I still subscribe to the magazine. The magazine is getting thinner and thinner, which is leading me to believe that they may be slowly transitioning their operations to all the virtual aspects. So like Allure Online, Allure Events, Allure Beauty Box, things like that. Because, you know, print magazines just are a little bit more one-dimensional than the industry allows for in 2020, but I'm a romantic. I'm an old school romantic and I love my, my print magazines. I've always wanted to publish my own, be an editor in chief of, you know, my own, my own glossy mag and intersection between fashion and beauty and business and art. And, you know, basically be like the Corinne Rotfeld of America. I don't know. Oh, the CR book is amazing. It's literally what I, as a kid, dreamed of making, and she made it, and I can only hope to someday create something just as beautiful. So I'm putting it out in the universe. If you want to manifest it for me, please do so, but now this is, like, I feel like going on a tangent. So Birchbox, great, good option. I wouldn't lock in for the year. Allure Beauty Box, love it. Go for it. Go all in. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. I've gotten Armani in there. I've gotten so many great brands in there. Um, So this is a plug, I guess, for Allure Beauty Box, but also unpaid plug. If they want to come on and be a sponsor, fantastic. I'm not getting paid to to push them. And I also now I'm hyper aware of how I say the word Allure. Oh, I said it right that time. Okay. I'm, I'm not from this country. English isn't my first language. Let's pivot abruptly to fashion shall we? So a few episodes ago, I talked about St. Laurent pulling their runway shows off of the traditional fashion week calendars to pave their own path. 
With the COVID pandemic, there is a lot of disruption happening in the fashion industry right now. We saw it with the Vogue Global Conversations. We're seeing it with all of the fashion weeks. You know, London, Paris, and Milan are going fully digital this year for their their summer showings. It's, you know, people are having to really adapt. And some leaders of these fashion houses have really taken the ownership to themselves to just totally change the narrative, right? Fashion structure, like runway shows, sales, seasons, all of that I feel like is so outdated. It's so old school. It is so, like, it's not part of the fast-paced, changing, instant gratification world that we're currently a part of. And I know there's a whole argument to be made for, like, slow fashion versus fast fashion. I think you are able to produce something that's creative and artistic and beautiful and unique and high quality without sticking to a regimented schedule as it is and also without feeling the need to compete with like the fast fashion labels and obviously Gucci agrees (laughs) it was um this past weekend the business of fashion reported that Gucci essentially has deviated from the norm with their schedules in an Instagram post it was reported that the Italian powerhouse has given up seasons among other things so creative director Alessandro Michele I love him I've loved him like back when he was accessories director at Gucci I was obsessed with him then he took over as creative director he grew his hair out he put on a few more rings he became best friends with Jared Leto and Harry Styles and Florence Welch and I am just here for everything his the Gucci show the fall winter show of 2020 2021 that just showed a few months ago that's see these seasons are confusing but anyway the very last Gucci runway show that happened I talked about it in one of the prior episodes of this podcast go check it out like literally just search MUA Chronicle podcast Gucci it'll pop up but essentially it was legendary it was fantastic it was creative it was cue that video of Lady Gaga where she just like spews adjectives and she's just like innovative mind-breaking glamorous high fashion like that's that like that's what I'm talking about so Alessandro Michele said quote I will abandon the worn out ritual of seasonalities and shows to regain a new cadence closer to my expressive call and he has like the full support of his you know CEO big investors shareholders all that so good for him good for Saint Laurent they are changing it up they are making fashion modern in more than just the clothing and it's freaking time it's 2020 like it's time to do things differently um you know, yeah, it's time with the Instagram ads and the TikTok and the this and the that. Like, who knows what's next? Maybe the next thing that happens is we don't even have to leave our houses. We literally put on VR goggles, virtual reality goggles, and we say, take me to the Gucci store in Milan. And then all of a sudden, zip, zap, zoom, we're in the Gucci store in Milan via virtual reality, but we're actually on the couch of our house sipping a margarita, but the margarita is actually Casamigos tequila with sparkling iced tea, or I'm sorry, sparkling lemonade, whatever your floats your boat, go for it. And but virtually we're at the Gucci Alley in Milan and then we're able to like 
see these things and feel the texture and touch it. And it just is such a sensory experience. I mean, granted, we wouldn't be able to try them on, but maybe we would. Maybe that's a whole other thing, like virtual try-on for makeup. Now we can do virtual try-on for clothes. And it like will show us based on our like 3D modeled body avatar what this outfit will look like on us. This is this is I love this. I'm obsessed with it. I'm here for it. Speaking of um virtual models and avatars and all of that, this is a segue unplanned. Have you tried this app Dressed? D R E S T. It's essentially a game and it's very similar to some of the other games that are out there where like you put clothes on you there are challenges right so you could either be like a still life challenge where you can do like a flat lay or like in a magazine spread kind of lay or you can do a photo shoot where there's like an avatar of a model it looks very realistic and you can dress them based on the challenge or the brief and then you submit it and you get like awards but the awards can be cashed out for more clothes or more outfits or whatever right okay Games like this have existed, but dressed makes it hyper real. First of all, their models are of all different body shapes, all different body sizes, different ages, different ethnicities, right? Then their clothing, accessories, jewelry, everything is high, high, high fashion luxe. I'm talking Gucci is on there, right? Like the other brands are doing like forever 21, which no hate, no shade to forever 21, but like you're not a Gucci and for re for good reason. Right. And so dressed essentially lets you dress these models or make still lives based on clothes from, you know, Gucci, Tamara Mellon, Jimmy Choo, Christian Louboutin, uh, Valentino, all of this is there and you're operating with a digital currency. So it is an incredible app that, you know, you can make in-app in purchases if you want to, but realistically you don't need to if you play your cards right. And it's just a really great expressive way if you love fashion, you love art, and you need something a little more realistic than like the 2D, like kids games that are out there. Anyway, check it out. Dress D-R-E-S-T. Again, not a sponsor, not an ad. I'm just going off on a tangent about things I love. Let's get into the beauty breakdown this week, talking about um, keeping our faces and our skin looking great, regardless of the masks that we have to wear and the heat slash changing climate slash changing seasons that are in our lives. Let's do it. Here it is, the beauty breakdown. All right, let's talk about masks. I've had a few nurses DM me um, talking about how they're seeing breakouts in the areas where they wear the mask. Now, this is totally normal. Um, when you wear the mask and then you're breathing in it, you create almost like a humid environment that bacteria loves to breed in and, you know, the friction from it rubbing on there. Anyway, I'm here to give you some tips and tricks and product advice on the best ways to kind of handle the breakout situation, right? Or the chapping situation, basically how to keep your skin super healthy, whether you are on the front lines wearing a heavy duty mask, or, you know, you're just wearing a cloth mask out of respect for your community and the people around you and your family and friends. So here we go. First off, you want to look at what kind of mask you have. So if your mask is fabric, be sure that you're washing it with your laundry regularly. This is the same rule of thumb of 
your pillowcases, you want to make sure that you're washing your pillowcases regularly. That is sometimes the first culprit of breakouts is just the germs and the bacteria that congregate, form little communities, little communes, little cities on your fabrics. So if you have a fabric mask, be sure that you're washing it with a gentle detergent. And if your mask is disposable, you know, try and see if you can switch it out as much as possible. I know there may be some shortages around that, um, but if it is a possibility for you, definitely try to, to swap out your mask when you can. Um, when it comes to cleansing your face, so now we're moving less away from like the type of mask and more into the skincare part of it. So when it comes to cleansing your face, I want you to switch to a gentle milky cleanser, right? Get rid of the harsh stripping one you have, get rid of the one that has active ingredients, get rid of like whatever you're currently using. It's, you know, you want something that's going to be very gentle on the skin. That's going to be, um, emollient. It's going to be luxurious. It's going to be hydrating. It's not going to leave behind a residue, but it's also not going to leave your skin feeling super, super stripped. So I love the soy cleanser from fresh. And I also love the Aven milk cleanser. Now I love Aven products, A-V-E-N-E. They're a French brand and they're available, I believe in like French pharmacies. So they're at a pretty good price point. I think CVS and some other places sell them. You can get most of their things between like 10 and $30, I think, depending on what types of things you're buying. But their milk cleanser is really, really incredible. And they're great for sensitive skin, which is what I encourage you to think of your skin as like if you are experiencing something like this or if you're, you know, giving recommendations to other folks, you know, tell them to listen to this pod for sure or DM me. Um, But yeah, think of your skin as sensitive skin now because that's what it is. Everyone's skin is a little bit sensitive. Some people's is more sensitive than others, but when you're wearing a mask and you have that kind of environment with your breath and, you know, the friction, your skin is sensitive. It's going to react. So Aven is really, really, really incredible. I love it. And when you're cleansing, make sure that you use warm water, not hot, definitely not hot. And make sure that you're cleansing, if you can, midday at least once, right? So say you have your lunch break and you can do a quick cleanse on your face before you put your mask back on, go for it, right? Or you've just come home from going out to the essentials, getting some essentials, getting some groceries, whatever the case may be, take your mask off, do a little cleanse on your face. So you're basically washing off all of those germs, all of that bacteria, that buildup that's on the mask, washing it off your skin, your face, washing the sweat off that you get it, you get it. All right. If you cannot cleanse midday or you don't want to, it's a little bit too high maintenance for you, I recommend using a face wipe with micellar water. So I I love micellar water. You can either have like a bottle of it that you put on a cotton pad and then swipe over your face or you can do the wipes that are, they're like biodegradable wipes that are already preloaded with the micellar water. They come prepackaged. Um, micellar water does not mess with the pH of your skin. It won't dry you out. It won't leave a residue, but it will, the, the way that it's, it's made these micelles are these, these little things that essentially this organic matter that essentially will grip onto the dirt, the grime, the germs, the makeup, whatever it may be. And it will 
wash off. It'll like encapsulate it and then take it off the skin. So my soles are really incredible. My slower water is incredible. I think it's really great. Um, my favorite brand for everything micellar is Simple. You have probably seen it in like drugstores or stuff. It's like green packaging with a little bit of white on there. And it's literally, literally just called Simple. Um, I think it's so affordable, it's effective, and I find that some micellar waters have other additives in there that leave my skin feeling almost like there's like a, an oil on it or a residue, and the simple micellar waters don't do that. So I love, love, love their products. So after you've cleansed, then the, the blah, 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 boop. After, after you've cleansed, you're going to go into your actives, right? And so for the daytime, I do, this is if you use actives. I'm not saying you need to add it to your routine. If you're someone that just loves like a simple cleanse and moisturize, go for it. If you're into the actives though, your daytime is going to be when you're doing your hydrators and your soothers, right? So that means your hyaluronic acids, your chamomiles, your aloe veras, all of those kind of ingredients that soothe, calm inflammation, um, really hydrate the skin, but don't leave any kind of, um, don't make the skin too moist in the top layers because you already have, like I said, that humid kind of contained environment, almost like a biodome. Oh man, I didn't think I would drop that reference. Okay. And then at night, that's when you're going to hit your, your actives that are geared more towards your acne, right? So that's going to be your benzoyl peroxide, your salicylic acid, things like that. So really quick delineation, salicylic acids are, um, salicylic acid is something that removes dead skin and cleans out your pores, right? And so this is really great if you have topical acne. So if you have whiteheads, if you have blackheads, if you have congestion on the skin, that is, you know, the kind that you want to pick at that like stuff comes out the satisfying kind of acne, which I don't recommend you pick, but I'm also not going to like police you about it. Benzoyl peroxide, however, it kills bacteria in the top few layers of skin. So it goes deeper than just the top layer. And what that means is if you have cystic acne that you're struggling with it, which is kind of like you get those bumpies, they look like they're pimples. They might become whiteheads, but they never become whiteheads. These are the ones that you should not be squeezing because when you squeeze them, nothing comes out and you end up with like an open wound, like a scratch on your face. So if you have cystic acne, Benzoyl peroxide is going to be your go-to, otherwise salicylic. You can obviously use both if you want to see the effects of both, but the one recommendation I would make is do salicylic every other night and do benzoyl peroxide every other night, alternating them. Do not do them on the same, at the same time every single day. You can try it to see if your skin will tolerate it, but most people that use both, they find that it is really inflammatory to their skin. And so it will leave the skin feeling drier, feeling flakier, red. It'll basically just really set your face on fire. And so, yeah, I would say either use one, either salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide, or if you want to use them together, alternate them. Do not use them both the same night every night. Cool. And then after actives, that's when you go in with your moisturizer. So if you are not into actives, you would do this step after cleansing and you essentially, um, you know, make sure that your serums, your actives, 
have had a chance to absorb. If you're just cleansing, make sure that your face is a little bit on the drier side. Here's the other thing. I don't know if I talked about this. When your skin is wet, much like if your hair is wet, it's more porous, which means that if you have like when your skin is damp, it absorbs better. So if you use acne medicine, like salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide, when the skin is still damp or up to even 15 minutes after you've cleansed and dried your face, your skin is extra absorbent. So if you use a salicylic acid or a benzoyl peroxide, you don't use them together. You use one and you use it somewhat infrequently and you still find that you're flaring up, that it's just really reactive. I would say wait for minimum 15 minutes after you've cleansed and dried your face to then put on your actives. The Opposite is true for hydrators. So if you want extra hydration, if you're doing your hyaluronic acid, your moisturizers, whatever, then I would say while your face is still a little damp, go ahead and just put those products on the hydrating products and they will be even more effective. So onto moisturizer, I would say if you're undergoing this kind of acne stressful situation due to wearing masks, Get rid of your heavy creams, get rid of your rich creams, get rid of your creams in general for the time being. One, um, because it's a, like, it's, it's a humid environment. How many more times am I going to say that? And then also like we're getting into summer, it's getting hotter. It's going to be even more like hot under the mask. So swap out, even if you have dry skin, swap out your moisturizing cream for gel. The gel will give you just as much hydration. It's going to really help soothe the area. Um, you can keep it in the fridge if you want to for extra soothing. And um, that'll kind of fight the redness if you have some redness. But a gel will ultimately give you um, intense hydration without leaving your skin feeling too greasy, too moisturized, too wet. And honestly, if you love your skin that way, great. Put it on on the other parts of your face, but where that mask is, definitely do something lightweight because the creams will lead to congestion in the skin. It's just too much. So if you want a recommendation, my favorite, favorite, favorite lightweight moisturizer of all time, of all time, of all time, of all time for years and years and years, ever since it launched, Aquabomb. This is from the brand Belief and it comes in like a little tub and they have two two types. So they have Aqua Balm, which is the gel moisturizer. It's very lightweight. It's not greasy. And then I think they have Aqua Cream, Cream Balm, something like that, where it's like more of a luxury cream. Do the Aqua Balm, do the gel, lightweight, incredible, love, love, love. Okay. Also, you want to make sure that at least, at least once or twice a week, you're exfoliating. Now, this is going to be different for everyone. Everyone responds to exfoliating differently, right? So some people love to do it every day. Some people do it once a week. You know, once a week, I would say the minimum is great. And you have a few different ways that you can exfoliate, right? You can do a manual exfoliation, which is like a scrub or dermaplaning. I love dermaplaning. Go back to episode 19, two episodes ago, to listen about, um, what dermaplaning is, what the best tools are, how to use it, et cetera, et cetera. Like it is a really, really great manual exfoliation tool. The other thing is if you don't want to do manual, if you don't want to scrub at your face or take a razor to it, do a chemical exfoliation. So rely on alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, even polyhydroxy acids, 
acids, which are a little more gentle. And there are some really great products. So if you're doing alpha hydroxy, beta hydroxy, which are a little bit stronger, I would recommend the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads. People love this product. People have been DMing me like, have you tried this? I just tried it. I love it. I'm like, yes, it is great. Amazing, amazing product. If you are more into like your skin's a little more sensitive, you don't want things that are acids that are that impactful that you just want to like dip a toe into the acid pool. Um, polyhydroxy acids are really great. And Ula Henriksen has a fat, it's P-H-A-T, fat glowing mask. And it essentially has polyhydroxy acids that you put it on your face. The mask goes from pink to white, and then you wash it off and you have this like really great exfoliation. So a few options there for you. If you're not sure which to try or what acids are what I recommend throw, throw, throw it back. Um, I do a deep, deep dive into acids, you know, alpha hydroxy, beta hydroxy, as well as hyaluronic and other ones in episode 10 of this podcast. Um, I believe it's the one titled what the hype, and it's where I introduced the what the hype segment, but go ahead back there, have a listen. I deep dive into acids, but if you're not sure which products to use, if you're not sure which acids are good for you or what type of exfoliation is good for you, go ahead and DM me. I'm more than happy to like brainstorm it with you and help you figure it out. Um, also, the stuff that you cannot forget, no matter what, even if you're sitting inside quarantining, I don't care. Sunscreen, you guys, you know, I talk about this every single episode. If there is ever an episode of this podcast where I don't talk about it, it's, I'm probably going to have to re-record it and put sunscreen in because this is huge, huge, huge. Okay. So I'm so obsessed with sunscreens and this is very fitting, not only because we're going into summer, the days are getting longer, sun exposure is becoming more frequent, but also because Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 27th, when this episode is going to go live, probably, um, it's National Sunscreen Day. So what a fitting time to talk about sunscreens. I'm actually on that day going to put a post up on my website, julialubin.com slash chronicle on all of the newest and the best sunscreens on the market. The ones that are the safest, the most effective, feel great on the skin and are universal for all different skin types, lifestyles, and skin tones. Okay. So check that out. julialubin.com slash chronicle. It is going to be worth the read. I promise. And even if you just scroll down to the gallery where you see the curated pics that I selected, fine, go for it. Not a problem. Love, love, love these sunscreens. So check that out on the website. And I mean, honestly, like I'm just over here sweating my ass off in California. It's been close to hundred degrees every day. It's been hot and sunny and sunscreen is necessary, but also scaling back my products from the heavy luxe creams and potions and lotions to the more, you know, milky cleansers, gel cleansers, gel moisturizers. That is very important. So I think this is a good rule of thumb, even if you're not someone that's wearing a mask frequently, even if you're not dealing with some of the issues that come with wearing a mask frequently, this is a really great, these tips are really great for you just going into the summer, the hotter weather with, you know, keeping your skin looking its best. 
And while we're on the topic, let's talk about masks. So um, I want to talk about like if you want to get into making your own mask, I think that's a really, really great activity. I have always been into fashion design, sewing, pattern making. I'm very much self-taught. I'm getting better every single day, every time that I put practice in, but I'm still very far from being a professional. Um, The dream is a clothing and accessories line, of course, in addition to my, you know, glossy publication that comes quarterly. And in addition to my beauty product line, you know, I'm just going to make a verbal vision board right here, manifest it all. Let's do it. Um, But ultimately, it just gives me so much peace and soothing to like cut the fabric, assemble the fabric, sew the fabric, and then have this really incredible tangible result that has taken me almost no time at all that I can then either wear or give to friends and family or donate to my local, you know, healthcare organizations. So it's really, really special. Um, and it's a fun activity. So if you are interested in something like that, I do have a, tutorial that I want to recommend. It is my favorite. It's how I learned to make the masks and it's from Erin Robertson. So if you're a Project Runway fan, you know that she won season 15. She's just this really adorable blonde from Massachusetts that has a really fun, funky, colorful aesthetic. And I love following her on Instagram, which is how I found out about this tutorial in the first place. But essentially she has two versions. She has one that is no sew. So you don't need a sewing machine. You don't need any of the accoutrement, if you will, to make a traditional mask. You can just make it kind of DIY minimum effort. Um, which is great if you want, if you have like a bandana or a scarf laying around that you want to make cute, go for it. The sew tutorial, it, it does require a sewing machine. I'm sure you can do it by hand, but it will take more time. And it just requires like some muslin, some cute fabric, some pipe cleaners and elastics. And so I've been doing that. I made a mask for myself and now I'm making a mask for my immediate family that I'm going to send to them in New York. And I'm just really excited and it's such a great way to flex my creative muscles. But I also, (laughs) like a few weeks ago, I got a bit intoxicated once again on margaritas. This is, I should probably like, tequila makes me fun. And when I say fun, I mean, it just makes me like want to have a good time and buy a bunch of stuff online. So I spent a a very decent amount on fabric (laughs) and now I have all of this fabric in my house that I'm like, none of this works together. None of this really goes along any kind of theme that I can make into any kind of collection or garments. And so now I have all of this fun fabric that I can make into masks that I probably will, that I can't really figure out how to put to use in any kind of other projects, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's been fun figuring it all out and it's been, you know, frustrating, but also fun making the mistakes, having to take the seams apart, doing all of those things. I mean, it is what it is. It's all part of the process, but yeah, it's been an adventure. So check her out. Her on Instagram, she's a N underscore E R I N. And then her website is a N dash E R I N.com. And so you'll find like the stuff that she sells, but you'll also find the tutorials on there. It's really, really fun. 
Um, other than that, I mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of fashion brands and houses and people have pivoted to making masks, which is great. And there is, there are a few on the market that you can buy that are pretty cool. There's one that's been tearing up the internet lately and is very, very divisive. Um, it's from gold sheep and essentially it is just this fun, cute print. And there's a zipper in the middle. It's like an invisible zipper. And so you can, unzip the mask horizontally and it opens it up for you so that you can like eat or drink or whatever. And people are divisive. Some people love it. They're like, this is so great. This is so easy. Um, other people are like, this defeats the whole purpose. What's the point? I, um, I, I honestly, there's just like, I don't know if it's how I eat or what, but there's no way that it would fit through that zipper hole. Like I remember the other day I tried to eat a muffin with, was it a muffin or was it pizza? It was something. And I had a face mask on like one of those sheet masks. It was a hydrogel mask. And every time I would go to open my mouth to take a bite of food, the, the chin part of the hydrogel mask would like ride up and go into my mouth so that I was eating a little bit of skincare every time I took a bite of my pizza muffin. Anyway, I think it's, it's a fun idea in theory. I think it's very kitschy. I think people will find it adorable. You can sip your iced coffee through it. Great. Good for you. The one thing that I do want to talk about, though, is like it. (laughs) I want to like dispel something and odds are if you're listening, you are someone that is fully actualized and aware. And so, you know, the reality of the situation already. Um, But if you're not, then I'm more than happy to break it down and demystify it for you, um, because that is what I do after all on the MUA Chronicle. Someone commented on so gold she put up a photo or a video of the zipper mask in action and someone commented and said great and then when you unzip it and go to drink something all of the particles that it caught are going into your mouth <sighs> just so we're clear the mask the masks that we're wearing most of them are standard masks. They're not like N95 filter masks, right? They're standard masks. The gold sheep masks are standard masks. They're just cloth. They do not protect the particles from going in. That is not why we wear the mask. The mask actually catches your own breath and nose droplets and everything that comes from your own face and traps it in this environment, which is why... You get like a little humid ecosystem that leads to distressing skin issues because you are choosing to keep the people around you safe from your own face moistures. And I just think it's so confounding that people are like, people are like, I'm wearing a mask to protect myself or like, I am not wearing a mask because it's my human right. No one can tell me what to do. Like all that means is that you are an asshole and you are not fully aware of the purpose of the mask. 
And I'm sorry to say that. And that may like lose me listeners, followers, whatever. I don't care. Like it's not about you. So why don't you just take a seat? Okay, because realistically, like this is a global situation. This is a place where like it was so bad. This pandemic was so bad in Italy that there were people who had like relatives in their own homes that had passed away and had their bodies had to be there for days because the emergency services and like the coroners and all of all of those services were so overutilized that like people couldn't collect the bodies fast enough. Like this is the world that we're living in and it may not be glamorous to talk about, but like that's part of what wearing the mask is about. Part of wearing the mask is saying like, I am going to protect the people around me from my own germs, whether that means I am you know, asymptomatic, but positive, or whether that means I don't have it. Like it's a common courtesy to make sure that your spit doesn't fly into anyone else's mouth. So if you think that you're above that, or you're like more important than that, then, you know, maybe just stay home altogether or maybe like go like, Go to a cabin in the woods and just like get away from everyone because no one wants to deal with you anyway. Well, okay. So this is the turn that this, this episode has taken. I'm sorry. This is like something, no, you know what? I'm not sorry. This is something I'm obviously passionate about. So many of us feel this way and like, just be thoughtful, be respect to the people, respectful to the people around you and like care about someone other than yourself. Show a little empathy. And if you uh, love what you're hearing, come on back next week for another episode of the MUA Chronicle podcast. Tell your friends to download, follow, listen. Also, can we get me to 10,000 followers on Instagram, please? So that I can do the swipe up for all the products I'm recommending. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Make good choices. (laughs)